Gage started to rise, but then he heard an odd pop from out in the storm. A distinctive bang, a sound nearly engulfed by the roar of the wind. Both he and Alex stopped, turning to the dark windows. Did you? Alex began. Yeah, Gage said. It sounded like... I know. What followed was a mad rush down the turret's winding metal staircase, the two of them stumbling through the parlor to the sliding glass door that led to the patch of yard behind the building. Gage lurched through the rain on the pea gravel path, his right knee throbbing before he realized he left his cane by the chair upstairs. Too late. He did his best sprint lurch toward the edge of the bluff, where the ivy clung to the stone wall like writhing vipers. The glow lanterns that lined the path blinked in and out of the black swirl of night. Rain whipped about him from all directions, running into his eyes, soaking his hair, ice cold dribbling down his back. No jacket, no hat, just polo shirt, jeans, and leather boots. He was already drenched. The wind roared in his ears. Even on a bum leg, he was ahead of Alex, whose gasping breaths fell farther behind. On his way, Gage groped for the Beretta and found he'd left it at home. Careless. Lately, he'd allowed himself to fall into the comforting stupor of books and bourbon. What if somebody had come for Zoe? It wouldn't have been the first time. Down the first staircase to the bench he went, pain knife-flaring in his knee, hard turn on the landing, then bobbling the rest of the way down the driftwood that collected at the bottom, and there Gage was, staggering across the sand, heartbeat in his ears almost as loud as the wind. He couldn't even hear the ocean, though the salty smell of it was stronger. He blinked to clear the water from his eyes, but it was no use. All he saw was one big black smear. Was there somebody out there? He wiped at his eyes with his fingers, squinting into the wind. The ocean was a black ribbon. The beach below it was a slightly less black ribbon. The sand littered with the uneven shapes of logs, kelp, and other flotsam. He was standing there trying to get his bearings when another loud crack penetrated the wall of sound. Then another. And another. There was no mistaking them for what they were now. Alex, breathing hard, was just catching up, and he had a cell phone to his ear. Gunshots! Alex shouted into the receiver. The iPhone screen rippled blue on his cheek. That's what I said. My address is, and the rest was lost to the storm, because Gage, thinking he spotted a person sitting on a log not far away, bolted in that direction. Alex called after him, but Gage didn't stop. Fifty yards away, then forty. Definitely a person. A young man, maybe. Definitely a young man, though with the slender physique of a woman. Twenty yards away, and the young man, a spindly figure in a black hoodie, turned his pale face Gage's way, like a blurry white thumbprint on the night. When the young man turned his face, he also turned his body far enough that Gage saw the gun. It was a snub-nosed revolver, a thirty-eight Smith & Wesson by the looks of it, and the kid held it in his lap, as if only half aware of it as if it were merely a pair of sunglasses or binoculars, some harmless object rather than a weapon. There was no sign the kid had even fired it, nor was there anyone else he might have fired at. Now that he'd been seen, Gage slowed and raised his hands. His own heart thudded in his ears. "'You all right, son?' Gage asked. The kid stared back with his ghostly face, showing no sign of acknowledgment. There was something familiar about him. Gage had seen him somewhere before, he was sure of it. 
Inching his way forward, arms still raised, Gage kept his gaze fixed on the kid's gun hand, alert to any sign of movement. He was within ten yards, and though there was a chance he could get there before the kid got off a shot, it was more than likely he'd have to do something along the way to distract him. Kick up sand, maybe, or throw something. But what did he have on him but his wallet? Here for once a cell phone might have come in handy purely as an object for throwing. The kid watched him passively, neither reaching for the revolver nor showing any other sign of hostility. His eyes were sunken and shadowed like the sockets of a skull. He was gaunt and pencil-thin, his water-soaked hoodie and jeans probably weighing more than he did. The dark bangs visible beneath the hood stuck to his forehead like strands of yarn. When Gage was within ten feet, the kid turned to stare at the ocean. Gage crept closer. Water dribbled into his eyes, off his ears, down his neck. His face was already numb. Five feet now, then three.